In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing I am your host, Seth Saunders, and the champ is in the building, folks. Week six has snuck up on us, and our guest picker is none other than our reigning champ, country music recording artist Travis Denning. What's up, brother? Welcome back. Nothing I love rubbing in the face of Aaron Murray more than that <laughs> I beat him and that I'm the champ. I love it. I love it. And brother, you got the hardware to go with it, man. You got the 10 pounds of red you've been toting around for Dude, years. So that's good I, living. I keep it on the bus and just some mornings I just walk around the bus with it on because sometimes you just need that little ego boost, you know, and it, it comes in handy. I'll tell you what, that helps you make up, wake up feeling dangerous if you got the 10 pounds of red on the title belt. Let everybody know. Dang right it does. Well, let me ask you this first and foremost. I know you're traveling around doing shows this fall. Tell us the things that you have coming up next and where folks can come out and see you. Uh, our next two shows going to be Windjammer, Isle of Palm, right in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, super fired up about that. That's such a cool looking stage. It's going to be great. And then the next night um, we were going to be, that'll be October 13th at Isle of Palm and then October 14th. Uh, we'll be in Macon, Georgia, which, uh, you know, I know a, a thing or two about that little, that little uh, city. Uh, yeah. Playing a free concert for the Mercer uh, football kickoff tailgate they do. I'm super fired up about that one. Sure, there'll be a lot of family and friends there and everything else. I mean, just rocking and rolling here and there in between all the way up until December. So uh, go on the website and find that. And, uh, and I'm wrapping up a full-length record right now. Just cut 11 songs and probably going to cut three or four more in a couple of weeks, turn that in before Thanksgiving and uh, maybe have that out hopefully around like May or June next year. Oh, love that, man. Well, that's super exciting. Well, I know that's, that's a grind too, to be out on the road doing shows and then also doing stuff in the studio as well, but love to hear that. For sure. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it's, you got to do it. You know, you got to balance both of them, but it's going to be, it's really exciting. I think the music is awesome. I think it's, I've just tried to keep this mindset of like, if this was the only full length record I was ever going to make, if I was going to drop dead the day it released, would I be okay with that? And that's, I've just tried to be as deliberate with the songs and have a, have a reason and have a why for every song I'm cutting. And uh, I feel like because I've done that, we've yielded a pretty cool little project. So it's going to be awesome to have it out in the world next year. Oh, that's outstanding, brother. So you said full length of God, like May or June, May, but how about like singles trickling out before that? How's that? Going yeah, out? yeah. Yeah. We're going to put out another song in November and, uh, we'll definitely have something maybe like February, March, probably make a you know announcement and stuff. I'm not doing a good job of like hiding this, I guess. I just told you <laughs> our like seven month plan, but uh, <laughs> anybody listening, just act surprised when I announce it, please. That's right, that's right. And look, if y'all are going to be anywhere near the Isle of Palms Friday the 13th, y'all better come out. I know, uh, me and the missus are going to be in the house for sure. First of all, great venue, um, and the music's going to kick ass too so we have to take care of all that um and the dog's got kind of a layup the next day so you don't even have to stress that much because yeah they'll well, be I in your town we haven't had a single doom layup all year it seems like so hopefully 
man, I don't, oh God, dude, I am just, and of course my in-laws are all Kentucky fans. So, <laughs> and they, you know, Ron Davis, I mean, that's going to be the key. If you can just shut him down, I think, I think we got it. But dude ran for 280 yards against Florida. I mean, no doubt he's a beast. They put up 280 on Saturday, and we did not look excellent against the run. First time somebody's put up 200 on us since 2018 in Death Valley. So uh, here's the thing, though. I do feel like, and in some ways this is going to sound weird, but I kind of feel like it's a good thing because I just feel like Kirby functions better when he's got an axe to grind. 100%. And he can drop about 7,000 F-bombs on him throughout the yep. week. So I feel that coming, and uh, I think it'll be good. You know, SEC Nation's going to be in town this week. That atmosphere will be great. And then, I mean, 7 o'clock kick, so they'll get the red light, so, which is which is awesome. And uh, here's the thing, and I've said this, I'm interested to get your opinion on it too. Don't you just feel like, too, the way Coach Stoops wants to win a game and the way Kentucky is built generally is perfectly in our wheelhouse from a schematic perspective to not only stop offensively, but also score offensively. Like we have a good pass offense. Their pass defense is just okay. So I feel like it fits well. And then normally we stop the run. So hopefully that'll be the case on Saturday. Yeah, but. I think, I think historically we've just always matched up in our favor against Kentucky, you know, and that's the thing about yesterday, you know, first off, I don't care who you are it's hard to go to Jordan Hare and win period. It's just I mean, it's a right. difficult environment, but like we have, it's like Auburn has always seemed to have one of those little dual threat dudes. That's a quarterback or somebody who can make something out of nothing. And then when they do, the crowd goes berserk. It's like the Georgia Auburn matchup has always been a toss up. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like it's just anybody's game. And so I think a lot of that had to do with it. I mean, we're pretty – I mean, we're banged up on the offensive line. I mean, yeah. you know, the the dudes that are the dudes aren't totally 100% in there right now. So, the last two drives by Carson Beck were unbelievable. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I – it's so it's so crazy. I mean, I do believe Kirby when he says that I think Carson has great composure. I mean, you never see him get like, you know, cussing or kind of – it just seems like he's like, all right, we're going to figure it out. Uh, and, man, I mean, his last two drives were just unbelievable. And I think I'm going to get tattooed on my forehead, uh, give the rock to 19. I just don't <laughs> – it's like, oh, wow, look what happens when we uh, throw the ball to Brock Bowers up, we win, you know. So, I don't know. I think if we could do that, and like you said, if we could shut down the run, I think it's 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 a W for sure. I mean, I think the spread's what – what is it right now? I guess it's 14 and a half now. It was 22 and a half on Saturday. I was like, I thought that was a little too extreme, but yeah, it'd be a good one. It's dropped a bunch, which I, I think, you know, obviously everybody has recency bias on that. And so the, the money's that way too. But um, I do think it, it's an interesting matchup, right? Because Kentucky has looked like it has run in the football and, and not just in the Auburn game, but we haven't been outstanding at kind of just clipping that off, whatever it may be. And, and in a lot of ways, I think, Q Freeze and Auburn just kind of looked at that UAB tape and said, hey, look, if we can let the quarterback wiggle a little bit, we can do something. Right. And uh, I do think that is one benefit. I don't think they're going to have to deal with that with Devin Leary, right? Like, I don't think there's going to be as big of a threat of, oh, he's going to pop one and go 61 yards like Peyton Thorne did. And, right. and uh, he's obviously not as explosive as Robbie Ashford is. So not having to deal with that, I think, is beneficial. Um, and, I, dude, I, I just would be shocked if back-to-back -back weeks, a Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp defense gives up 200 yards rushing, I just I, – I will be shocked. Yeah. Something something is really wrong if that happens. 
A hundred percent. And I think that's kind of been the MO of Georgia football for the last, you know, three, three, four years is that, you know, we can, we've been able to afford some dilly dallying on offense because the defense has bailed us out. And it's, it's fortunate that we have that cushion. I see a, I was hoping after South Carolina, you'd see like a big click. Yeah. And maybe this was our Missouri game. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. this was because when I look back on last year, granted, we had blown out Oregon and we blew out South Carolina and all these things, but that Missouri game was a huge switch, I think. You know, I think you saw everybody go, okay, how do we, where do we want to be on January 10th? You know, January, whatever it is this year, it's like, where do you want to be? And we, without a doubt, have, we've got the talent. Kirby told some friends of mine that played an NIL event um, that, I was invited to, but my rehearsal dinner was the next night, and I still want to get married, so I figured I'd <laughs> not play it. Um, Good choice. Good choice. But, I mean, he told those guys, he said, this is the most talent I've had on a football team. So, yeah. if all those things can click, I think we've got the vertical plays to scare people, and we've got the play-action scare. I just – we just got to rock it. I think we get through Kentucky, and we're just good. Florida is so done, it's not even funny. It is funny for us. But they, I mean, just unbelievable. And, you know, hey, shout out to Florida because I wanted them to beat Tennessee, and then I was so glad that Kentucky just embarrassed them. So it's like <laughs> they did everything I wanted them to do this year. Yeah, they're lining right up. Let me ask you this because I, I've thought about this a lot, whether it's the South Carolina game earlier this year or the Auburn game on Saturday. Don't you feel like those two games, their end results, were a product of what's been built over the last 24 to 36 months? And what I mean by that is, historically, don't you feel like, brother, those are games we would have lost, right? Like we would have not have been able to do it. And the culture is different now. And the expectation is, we ain't losing this game. It's just yeah. not going to happen. It's, 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 I feel like it's 80% of what's been built and the culture and then it's 20% of, like, the monkey is off the back and we've been there before now. You know, it's like it all started with the Oklahoma game, right? Like mm -hmm. any other time in Georgia football, we lose that game on, you know, uh, uh, the last play. We lose it on the last play, and that's because that's what happens to Georgia football. Yep. And we had to have one more, you know, one more with Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And we dealt with it, but – you know, it's you're totally right. And then the Ohio State game. It's like how I mean, just for yep. so long, Georgia has been on the other side of those games and they just ain't anymore. I think the only way that we lose moving forward is a better team beats us. Um, I think if we had played Texas this past Saturday, we would have lost by two possessions. Um, I think and just de just decombustion. Like if we just if we just fall apart like the Falcons, you know, that's I think that's the only two ways. I just don't think you're going to see the hail mary in overtime anymore. I think games will be decided in sixty minutes by Georgia football. Yeah, we said this summer that the toughest opponent on Georgia's schedule in the regular season was Georgia. That the only team that would upend them was themselves. I still feel that way. I think I feel that way more now after five weeks of the season yeah. because I've kind of seen what else is out there. And that's not to say they don't have some potential trip-ups, right? I mean, they got to play a Missouri team that's better than people thought with Luther Burden, who is absolutely electric. And they're going to have to play an old Miss team that can score but they can can't score. play defense. Right. And then 
you know, obviously Tennessee, I don't think is what anybody envisioned they would be. Uh, and I also think everybody should give some more flowers to Hendon Hooker for how important he was to that offense and what he did last year, and maybe Jalen Hyatt too. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's still stuff there. There's still some meat there. And, and you know, that Florida thing, like, look, man, Jacksonville, kind of like Jordan Harris, like House of Horrors in a lot of ways. I'm right. always nervous about that. I mean, they are not a good football team, so that shouldn't be a problem either. And right. Kirby just loads Florida, which I think helps. <laughs> I, I mean, deep in his bones, he – he has everything that Spurrier had for us, yes. you know, it's like, and that's, I've, I, yeah, I, I talk about Spurrier to some people and I'm like, I grew up despising him, but I got mad respect yep. that the hatred has lived forever. <laughs> I mean, like, Hey, that's what you want, you know? Yeah. And I do think Kirby has that for Florida, for sure. Let me ask you this too, as a follow-up to what you said, cause I think it's a great point about the talent on the roster. Cause I do think in, in a lot of ways, because of what we've experienced the last two years, we're all a little bit spoiled, okay? Yeah. And so you you are a victim of your expectations. And the expectations have obviously been massive. It's like back-to-back-to-back national titles are bust and all these things, okay? And this is a completely different team than last year's team or the year before that's team. And I'm such a big believer in football teams being this living, breathing organism that is constantly changing, growing into itself, figuring out who, it's, who it is. And I think this football team is dead in the middle of that right now, figuring out, okay, who are we? What do we do? And I'm going to tell you something. I think by the end of the year, who we may be is a four and five wide team that rips it 45 times a game. Like, I think that DNA is there for that. And in all honesty, I think Carson looks the most comfortable when we do that. Yeah. Um, I just think the way we're built, the way the offensive line is constructed and the depth we have in the backfield, we aren't able to be what we were before where, where we're saying, okay, hey, look, we're going to rush for 200 yards. We'll figure the rest of it out, but that's what we're going to do as a baseline. Brother, I just don't know if that's what they are this year. And that's okay. I mean, look, man, if you put up 40 points, it doesn't matter. And yeah. I mean, let's talk about everybody. And you know who I'm talking about. It's the same people who didn't want Stetson to be a starter, the people who complain about Bobo. You know, you look back on his tenure before this current one, the dude's averaged 38.9 points, 39 points a game. You know, and with a defense that we have now, like you said, that that culture of the defense. Yep. If you're scoring, I mean, if you're scoring 41 points, which I think there's, you know, they're scoring roughly 40, 41 a game right now. Like you better win a game. If you can't, yep. then there's something wrong on the other side of the ball. And I, I'm fully with you. Like I said, those last two drives, there were some great throws. There were just some things that happened. And once that offensive line, like shut it down and they were giving Carson time. Yeah. You could just see it. I mean, every time he threw the ball in those last two drives, I knew it was completed. Like it just yeah. was so perfect. And Brock is going to get separated and he's going to knock three dudes over and everything we got. I mean, Dylan Bell, I mean, what a, I mean, insane. And the dude running in open space is just unbelievable as well. So yeah, I hear you, and I think that's cool. I mean, I don't know the last time you could say that Georgia was a vertical football team. I don't know if we've ever been able to say that, really. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring up Coach Bobo, too, because, there, I, God, there's so much bias on that, right? People had so many preformed opinions and all those things and, and never would let it succeed, even though I do think it is succeeding. I thought Saturday was a great example of that, man. I love some of the formations they did. How about motion and Brock back to fullback, running an old school 30 trap there on that first down play. Then you got, they do like a quasi wishbone where they pop Brock and Dylan in the backfield at the same time with Dejon to create some looks there that they want. I mean, you know, everybody that I've talked to that's been around him and been in the room with him, 
has said that he is an offensive savant. Like the things that he's able to scheme out and kind of conceptualize are incredible. And I've really liked the play calling so far. And I especially thought the first couple weeks, man, Carson was still getting his legs under him a little bit. And they were just missing open guys, you know? Yeah, 100%. And that's what I've told people. You can go back and watch tape and watch games. I mean, there's been minimum, I think, four or five plays this year that, I mean, you, you had touchdowns. Yeah. And it's just, like you said, he 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 didn't check down or he just – he had his mind made up and he made a decision. And that's – dude, it's his first year starting. Yeah. It's And, again, when it's against UAB and it's against whoever, Ball State or whoever, you can afford that. You know what I mean? I think what's going to matter is, you know, against Kentucky – and definitely against Mizzou, you got you just have to take advantage of those moments. And when they slip up, I mean, this past Saturday was a perfect example. We were one catch away from it being seven to three. Yep. And then the next thing you know, it's ten nothing because the next play is an interception. And it's just you can't afford those with a team that is able to keep the hammer down for sixty minutes. Yeah, that's a great point. My co-host and I were talking about that. About it. how different does the game look if they hit Oscar on that first spot up the scene where it's seven nothing, big play. The air comes out of that stadium, and a lot of that atmosphere is out. But I'll be honest with you. The way everything ended up playing out, I think, benefits us because I think Carson yeah. needed that. I think the team needed that to be in a hostile environment, a real SEC environment, which, let's be honest, they're only going to see one more time this year. And that's when they go to Neyland and play at Knoxville. Yeah. And so 100%. I think you need that. And they'll have that kind of in the in the backpack now to, to pull out when they need to. And then I think things still set up nice and they're controlling everything. So. Yeah, I was I was thrilled with it, and and I've said this throughout the first quarter. Here is it looks different, but I like where we're at, and I can see right. where we could go. I'm not saying we're going to go there, but you can see where it could go. And so I think Kirby, the way he's talked in press conference, dude, doesn't seem like he is tepidly excited to like to your point. He knows what they have, and he's like, right. we're going to figure it out eventually, and when we do, y'all better look out. Yep. And, you know, I, when I think back, I feel like he has never hidden his opinion about the team, no matter how harsh it comes off or not. I think back to 2018 when we uh, lost to LSU. Mm -hmm. I mean, that entire season leading up, he was just like, we're just not working. Like, these things aren't looking good. We're not doing – we're not getting the results. And lo and behold, we go play a team and that – was fantastic and they just beat our socks yeah. off, you know? And yeah. Just so, and so, yeah, I fully agree. The demeanor seems really great. I loved the clip of halftime at the South Carolina game. Mm -hmm. I also loved that he was planning on cussing them out. And then like the life coach guy walked yeah. by him and said, Hey, just, just try speaking to him. And he's like, okay, whatever. And Hey, it worked. But we, we, we all love his halftime speeches. So hopefully he reverts back to that, uh, his, his current or his normal rated R uh, approach. Yeah, shout out Drew Banner for calming the dragon there before South Carolina. <laughs> love that. Yeah, I love that. All right, well, speaking of kind of how topsy-turvy or I guess unexpected the first quarter of the season has been, dude, CF, college football and CFB playoff seemingly wide open, right, with how things have gone. And I think for the third straight week, we've got – a really sneaky, fun week. A lot of fun games to pick. And uh, 
Brother, you're right in the cockpit because six, six and four right now is the number to beat, which I think was the same as when you came on last year when you dropped a seven and three on the field. So, so that's the mark, and uh, I think this might be a good week to pull it. So we're going to start with a big one. Game day is going to be in Dallas at the Texas State Fair for the Red River Shootout, one of my favorite games of the year. Texas and Oklahoma facing off, both undefeated. Both really good at the quarterback position, um, both with new coaches trying to establish new cultures at both those programs. Texas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at the Cotton Bowl this year. How you feeling about that one? That's That, first off, that's Vegas just saying, do it. Yeah. Do it. How dare you. I mean, how much money is going to be lost on that? I just, from what I've watched and what I've seen, I'm taking Texas, but they definitely ain't covering. I think it's literally three points. I just, I just think Texas, um, and 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 as much as I'm not a big Sark fan, I just think he's got it in him. He's got that dog. I, I really do. And I have always hated Clemson. So anybody from Clemson, I don't root for you. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm going Texas. I'm picking Texas by three points. All right. Well, hold on now because we got a four and a half number here. So does that mean you're going to take Oklahoma and the points? Or taking, I would take. First off, I don't sports bet because if I lose two hundred dollars at the craps table, I'm contemplating my whole life. So <laughs> if I'm using wrong, if I'm using wrong terminology, my apologies. But no, I'm taking I'm taking Texas to win, and I'm taking, uh, but I'm not taking them to cover. Okay, yes. all right, perfect. So then you're gonna go boomer sooner for the for the pool purposes. Because for the pool yeah, purposes, yes, I, I want to make sure we get you the wins that you need here. So, okay, right. perfect. So we're, 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 we're purely betting spread. Pure, here pure spreads. But I want to hear you. Okay, I want to cool. hear your winners too, because we end up saying that too. So I think, okay, um, cool. I think my co-host is in the same boat. He's taking Oklahoma to cover, but I think he likes Texas to win. And, and, and I, I'm the same way. And I'll tell you why, man. I think Dylan Gabriel is the kid nobody's really talked about. You know, was a really good player at UCF and then gets hurt his third year and then transfers into Oklahoma. He's there last year for Brent Venable's first year, gets hurt again. So he's kind of in and out. Man, he has had a monster year so far this year, protecting the football, flinging it around. I think he's completing 75% of his passes. I think that's a really interesting matchup for that Texas defense who really hasn't seen a quarterback who could hurt them through the air yet. So yeah. I am very interested to see how all that plays out. And, dude, this game is always crazy. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's always one of these games where somebody goes up 17 or 21, and it's this furious comeback in the second half. Like, dude, the Cotton Bowl's crazy. So I stink and love this game. I love that it's 11 o'clock local. Wish I was there to eat some funnel cakes and, like, a 78-foot-long corn dog. But, yeah, man, this is this is the best. So, all right, well, all three of us on Oklahoma, but I think all three of us think that Hookham is going to win the ball game. So, dude, that's a great start to the day. This is another interesting one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Maryland going to Columbus to play Ohio State. Again, both undefeated. Maryland with Tua's brother. I think his name is Tyloa. I think is how you say his first name. I always mess yeah. this up, but I hope that's right. Um, and he's had a very good year. And they are 17 and a half point road underdogs going into the horseshoes. So I think we all probably expect Ohio State to win that football game. But how do you feel about the Terps against that number? 
again, this is just this is a reason that there's skyscrapers in the desert of Nevada. <laughs> Because I can see it being a 17-point game. I can see Ohio State winning by 17. And I haven't – like, they're going to win. I just – like, they're not putting up 55 yeah. points a game. Like, it's just – they're not – I don't know. Offensively, I haven't been – it's not that high-score in Ohio State thing that we saw with Justin Fields and then with, um, you know, last year with Stroud and stuff. So, yeah, I think I'm going to do the same approach. I have Ohio State winning, but I – I think they're going to win by 17 points. I don't think they cover 17 and a half. All right, so you're on the Terps to cover. My co-host also on the Terps to cover. I think I'm going to take them too, man. I think they do enough to keep it close. And, and again, this is more of me being leery of Ohio State's offense than I think it is about Maryland's prowess. Although I do think they're better. And I also think, brother, nobody's talking about them. They're 5-0. and yeah. like, And they score points. So – and they gave Ohio State trouble last year in College Park. And obviously the horseshoe is a different environment, but I just think that number seems a little too big. But to your point, man, this is why Vegas has the skyscrapers. Like this feels like it could be one of those bad beat games, but I'm going to roll with it. So we're all on the Terps too. Dude, big slate at noon because I think this is another real interesting game, especially given what happened next weekend. LSU got to go to Columbia. Make sure all the Bayou Bengals get you some Shakespeare's pizza while you're in town. They are six-and-a-half-point road favorites playing the Mizzou Tigers in the 11 a.m. local time time slot. Dude, Mizzou can fling it, butter. Brady Cook been playing real well. I would pay good money to watch Luther Burton play live, um, although I'm still a little upset he's not in Athens. But I get it. He's from the Lou, so he went home. But how do you feel about this? You like LSU to go on the road, not just get a win, but cover that number, or you think Mizzou upsets the apple cart a little bit? I, I got LSU by minus a million on this one. I think <laughs> – I think they – I mean, Mizzou's cool and all. They're doing their thing. It's just not going to happen. I mean, LSU scored just shy of 50 points, and they lost a game. I mean, they, they're going to score yeah. so many points, and I just don't think Mizzou does it. I got LSU winning and covering big time. Yeah, my co-host is taking LSU too, and, and he's kind of same reason. He's like, look, man, I just think LSU's going to jump out early and score. And he goes, I don't know if Mizzou is built to play from behind that way. And, man, I think there's some merit to that. But I'm going to be honest. This is one of those um, I'm, I'm gun-shy because I picked Memphis – or I picked uh, Kansas State to go in and cover against Mizzou. It was almost the same number. And Mizzou busted it up, and the thicker kicker hit the 61-yarder or 50 – whatever it was, the gigantic kick to – Yeah, 61 yeah, yards. To win the game. And so I'm a little gun-shy. So because of that, I'm going to try to turn the boat. I also need to pick up some – some space on my co-host. So I'm going to take Mizzou, but I don't. I was about to say, we're all, we're all, we've all picked the same yeah. thing up until this so, game. You got to go. Different. Yeah. I'm going to go different. I got to make up some ground. My co-host for the first year is just kicking my behind. So I got to get back on the horse here. It's been, it's been a tough fall for your boy so far. <laughs> all right. This is another fun one. And I think the line is real interesting. Washington State, one of the surprises of the early season. I think it's an awesome story given that they've kind of been uh, left at the ball without a partner, uh, almost literally. And, dude, Cam Ward can play, boy. And was great at Incarnate Ward, transfers into Pullman, and has been doing great things. I think the other thing is, man, they play good defense. They beat a very good Oregon State team a couple weeks back. And, dude, they're going to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. Minus two and a half. UCLA is a favorite at home in that game. I don't know, man. Something about this line stinks out loud. But how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I, I think Washington. I think Washington State takes this one. I think it's a, it's minimum a touchdown. 
there is uh, the only time the Rose Bowl is intimidating is when UCLA is not playing there. So um, yeah, I'm going Washington State, and I think they cover for sure. Yeah, my co-host is taking Wazoo as well, and I am also going to take the Cougs. I'm also a little partial to the Cougs. I had a good buddy in law school who went to Washington State, and he introduced me to this song called The Pullman Song. I encourage anybody listening to go check it out on YouTube. Just a fun little song all about the culture there in Pullman on a game day. So, yeah, we're going to go Cougs and their game day flag for like 294 straight weeks or whatever it is uh, at the college game day location. So go Cougs. I think Cam Ward has a big day. All right, next one. Nick Saban facing one of his former assistants, one who has been a thorn in his side before. Alabama traveling to College Station to play the Aggies. Bama is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Uh, seems like they might have found something in that second half against Ole Miss winning in dump trunk Mississippi State last weekend. Uh, and they may have found something, too, with uh, Coach Rick's nephew, Max Johnson. So how do you feel about this one? I want everything in my being. I want Texas A&M to win for a few reasons. I don't want to play Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship. <laughs> yeah. And right now, Texas A&M is leading the West right now mm-hmm. from what I've seen. So, I got Alabama winning by two touchdowns for sure. I just – I again, I watched the whole game against Mississippi State. It just it, – I felt like I was watching physical Alabama once again. It felt like it could have been last year or the year before. I mean, they just – I feel like they're getting their stride. Their quarterback situation is god-awful. But they – I mean, I just – Man, when those guys hit you, I think it changes your life as a player. So I think they get a couple big hits on defense and it scares everybody. Yeah, I got Alabama covering for sure and winning that game. And I don't like Jimbo Fisher at all. So, yeah, I'm kind of pulling for Saban. Yeah, my co-host James is taking the tide as well for many of the same reasons, the dislike of Jimbo included. He also said he felt like they've kind of found something and kind of looked like the steamrollers of old. Again, I'm going to be contrarian. I'm going to take the Aggies. I'm not real happy about it. I really don't like Jimbo at all. He just rubs, he just, <laughs> no. he just rubs me the wrong way. Oh, he just whines and whines, and he's like, I got all this dirt on people before we had NIL. Well, we have NIL now, so you should have spoken yeah, up, I guess. Sometime. Exactly. Also, you were probably leading the uh, the pool of uh, sketchy stuff. So I also just know. think, man, he's just, out, you know, of all the overrated folks out there, like – what are the results other than the one national title with a trans—I mean, transcendent roster on that FSU team? Yeah. I think it's the only roster in the history of the BCS slash CFP where all 22 guys went and played the NFL. Like that roster was yeah. stinking loaded. Which I guess, and you had one of the greatest quarterbacks in recent history. Yeah, I mean, 100. And so, like outside of that, the results have been just okay. Uh, but here's the thing, okay? It's in College Station, tough place to play. Jalen Milrow's first, I think, true road experience, which I think will matter. I think that's going to be good for a couple foolish throws and some turnovers, which I think keep it a little tighter. I think this is one of those games where Alabama does what Alabama does, and they find a way to win. But I think it will be even closer than this narrow spread. Hopefully Max Johnson cooks up a little magic and – Lefty flings it to his brother, and they have a, a fun day there down in Denagula. Well, hey, at, at the end of the day, I think Texas A&M realizes they're in a position to make something yep. happen with the West. And so maybe that drive out, out last. I hope it's a great game. I just – I see that I see that late third quarter runaway kind of thing happening with Alabama that they do so well. So we'll see. Well, and what I worry about too is, man, if 
very similar to kind of how things shake out with that uh, that Mizzou LSU game. If Alabama gets up early, A&M is not built to play from behind. I think they showed that in the right. Miami game. If they get boat raced a little bit, they're they're not ready for a track meet, and so that that does concern yeah. me a little bit. Well, this is one we feel like we'd probably be picking like in January or February in the heart of basketball season normally, but both teams playing pretty good ball. Syracuse going to Chapel Hill to play the real Carolina uh, with Drake May leading the way. They are eight and a half point home favorites, but the Orange are a bit pesky this year. Who do you like in that ball? Uh, I think I'm going to take UNC here. Uh, I think it's a 10 point ball game. Uh, You know, I watched the Syracuse Clemson game and was definitely pulling for them in, in all aspects. But I just – I don't know. I mean, that UNC-South Carolina game, I mean, there was a lot of great offensive football played by UNC. And I feel like they just uh, they just controlled the momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, it just never felt like when, when they kind of flipped the switch and they got in a position, you could just sense that South Carolina was just not going to be able to, to get back. Um, which – so, yeah, I'm taking UNC and I'm taking them to cover. My coach taking them too. He texted me. He said, "The better team wins out at the end of the day." And I think that's a good good way to sum it up. You know, look, think about UNC season outside of the the nail biter against App State, which I don't know what was happening in that game. But other than that, UNC been very controlled in their outcomes uh, each week. And you know, they got Drake May, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, was the Heisman front runner to start the year last year. I think Coach Chizik has their defense playing a lot better. They showed that with you know, almost dropping 10 sacks on South Carolina in the opening game. So, I mean, the talent is there. And I just don't know if uh, the Orange can go on the road and take care of business. So, yeah, I, I think Clemson showed some cracks with Syracuse. And I'm with you, boys. I'm taking I'm taking the Tar Heels as well. Yeah. All right. It's a rivalry game. It's one of my favorites. We love a trophy game. And this is the oldest trophy game in the United States of America, brother. Okay. I did not know that, actually. Yeah. I did not Michigan know that. Michigan going to Minnesota to play the Golden Gophers and P.J. Fleck, the Road of Boat Boys. They are playing for the Little Brown Jug. I'm going to give a little reference on the Little Brown Jug cause, just because I was curious. Because Why the hell do we play for a Little Brown Jug, right? So apparently in 1903, both teams were undefeated. And Minnesota – I think was going or Michigan was going to Minnesota. Michigan's coach was very paranoid that Minnesota was going to mess with their water, like try to get the guys sick. So they go to the hardware store and they buy their own Red Wing jug to put water in for their team. Well, after the game in the shuffle, Minnesota wins the ball or it ties six six. Very controversial in the game. Minnesota's student manager goes over and takes the brown jug from the Michigan sideline, and they keep it at Minnesota for like four years. And then the head coach tells the Michigan head coach, if y'all beat us, we'll give you your brown jug back. And thus, every year since then, they have exchanged the little brown jug for the winner. So that's what they were playing for on Saturday. Michigan, obviously a better football team this year. Minnesota struggles, especially offensively. 19-and-a-half-point road favorite, though, the Wolverines are. How do you feel about that number? Yeah, I'm taking Michigan big-time cover here. I um, Obviously, I want I want the boys to three-peat. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I just feel like Michigan this year is in a position that we were when we beat Alabama in the national championship. This has got to happen. Or it ain't ever going to yeah. happen. I just feel like they're – God, they've just looked unbelievable. I think they've looked dominant. I don't see this being a problem at all. So, I'm taking Michigan big time to cover. I mean, 
definitely 21 points could be more. So we'll see. Yeah. James feels the same way. He's taking the Wolverines. He said, man, they're just going to be too much. I, I waffled on this because it's one of those things where Minnesota plays great defense. It's a home game. It's a night game. A lot of those things. Right. But here's the problem. Minnesota cannot score the football. They got a freshman playing quarterback. They just don't move it like they used to. They lost two premier offensive players from last year's team. I just, man, I don't know how they do it, you know. And Michigan's not going to stop. They are going to score points. J.J. McCarthy is in charge of that offense. So, I'm with you, boys. I, I think I think Michigan covers this. And, and I don't know that they, they really exert too much doing it. I just don't think Minnesota has the Jimmys and Joes this year to hang with the, the best team there in, in that division. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right, this is another interesting one, given how the first part of the season has gone. Notre Dame going to Louisville to play the surprise Cardinals. And Louisville is a six-and-a-half-point home dog. Notre Dame coming off a nice win against Duke there in Durham with game day in town. Tough loss against Ohio State, obviously, at the last minute. How do you feel about this one? Louisville, obviously, a different, different animal this year. They're scoring points. They're exciting. Notre Dame has shown some cracks, it looks like, on the offensive side of the football. Do you feel like they cover this on the road? I think that they don't. I think Louisville covers. I have no idea who wins. I think probably realistically Notre Dame probably pulls it out. They were an interception away from losing that Duke game. I mean, it was so close. They probably should have lost. Um, And, again, my in-laws are Kentucky fans. And they've been honest that they ain't looking forward to that game this year. So, I I don't know. I mean, I think Notre Dame probably pulls it out. I just don't think they cover. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe that quarterback's too big of a pretty boy. I don't know what the deal is. But, yeah, I I, I think Louisville covers this one. James taking the cards, and I'm taking them too. I, I just like what they got going on, man. They got, they got Jack Plummer transfer from uh, – I think he was at Cal last year. He had been at Purdue before with Coach Brom. I just like the philosophy, man. They just want to fling it. They want to score points. I don't think Notre Dame is built that way. And in all honesty, they haven't seen anybody capable of doing that yet because as much as Ohio State's been hyped up, as that's what they are, Kyle McCord ain't in. They haven't done it. Offense. They just haven't done it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is the first real test that Notre Dame defense gets. And man, I, I would not be surprised if Louisville wins this game straight up and kind of plants a flag and says, hey, we are here in the ACC race this year, boys. So – I could, I could, I could see that happening too, and I think it'd be a cool thing to see because any time I see the Irish lose is a good day. Yeah, for me. yeah. All right, this is probably a funny one to be on the list, but again, given how the first part of the season has gone, Fresno State undefeated and ranked this year, and absent a loss to Texas, Wyoming hadn't lost a ball game either, and Fresno State got to go on the road in a Mountain West matchup to play the Cowboys which is a very difficult environment to play in. Fresno is a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. How do you feel about this one? I got Cowboys winning this one. Uh, and I get covering, obviously. Uh, but, uh, I man, I just played a gig at uh, University of Wyoming, and they were super cool. They were super awesome. Literally maybe the most underrated logo in college oh, yeah. in football. I mean, badass. Yeah. So badass. So, I'm pulling for Wyoming because uh, they look good and they paid me to come sing songs. So I'm going <laughs> Wyoming all the way. Both outstanding reasons. Uh, James is going to take Fresno State. I think this is one of those scenarios where he feels like it's no different than Michigan. He says, I think the better team's going to win. He said Wyoming outside of the Texas game, the record looks better than how they've played. 
I'm kind of with you, brother. I just, it feels like one of those games where tough road environment, Fresno's going to get tested a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, you're talking about the colors. My brother and I took this baseball road trip where we took a charter bus from like Kansas out to the West Coast and hit every major league ballpark all around the West Coast and Southwest. Well, oh, wow. brother, we stopped in like this random Walmart in Wyoming on the way out with the bus just to get restock stuff or whatever. That entire Walmart was full of Wyoming Cowboys gear. I mean, wall to wall. And it is a elite logo and set of colors. Oh, just, just unbelievable. Yeah. And hey, look, as Coach Prime would say, look good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. So, Cowboys, I'm with you, brother. All right, last one of the day, the big one. Wildcats coming between the hedges for a night game, two undefeateds in the SEC East. Who thought we would be saying that in week six? Uh, Georgia is a 14-and-a-half-point home favorite against Mark Stoops and his Wildcats. How do you feel about the number on this? Well, I've got Georgia winning. You, you just can't you can't play Sanford at 7 o'clock at night and win. I think the last time – I mean, I remember seeing Auburn do it one time, but it was a very long time ago when I was a kid and I cried. 14-and-a-half, um, <laughs> here's the deal. I can see – I can definitely see us covering but, again, this is one of those stupid Vegas things where, like, does Ryan Davis punch in a garbage-time touchdown yeah. and take it to 14 points? I'm just – look, I don't care if the entire season is on the line for me here with you guys. <laughs> I'm the dogs to cover by a billion. I don't care. I don't care. I'm never going to say they ain't going to cover. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking – I mean, I think dogs probably can pull, pull out a little 17-point 17, 17 victory here. I am so happy about that energy. I'm here for that all day. James is so leery and so gun-shy because he's gotten burned on this. He has taken the Wildcats and the number. He says, I have no, he says I'm not worried about George losing the football game. He says, but I feel horrible about him covering the 14 and a half. This is such a terrible number for me. I would feel so – It is. It's garbage. If it was 22 and a half, I'd be like, no way. Yeah, it's, but it's and, – and, and honestly, I, I get where he's coming from. I get where he's coming from. I, it could be one of those stupid – yeah who, yeah, who knows? We throw up. We're up by a lot, and somebody fumbles the ball, and they pick it up. I don't know. Who knows? You just never know. But, I, man, I just see – like you said, if if we go out there and we are just empty base and we are throwing the ball over yeah. them, we're, we're going to put 40 points up. And I just don't know if they're going to score 26 points. I don't know. I've waffled on this because Georgia has not been great against the spread in their last 30 games. I think they're like 19 and 13 against the spread. But they're much better against the spread when they play ranked teams. And look, yes. there's something to that. They, they're up. They're ready. This will undoubtedly be part of it. I think Kirby is going to be on them all week. Like I said, I think them giving up 200 yards is like the best thing that could have happened because they are yeah. going to get – their asses chewed all week long. And I just think they are going to come out on fire. That stadium is going to be electric. Plus, man, people are doubting Georgia. Should they be number Should they be number one? Is Kentucky going to come in here and pull the upset? And is this the turning point for Wildcat football? Blah, 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 blah. Look, y'all, it's the back-to-back -back national champs between the hedges. And I'm just banking on them coming out and showing America we still here, y'all. So I'm going to take them too, man. I think they come out and sling it. 
I think they're getting more comfortable. Carson looks a little swaggier each week, and they just got so many weapons at wide receiver. And as long as we got 19, baby, I feel just fine with how things are. I do got. too. <laughs> and I think I think this could be the Tennessee game of this season. Yeah. You know, it's just last year was uber scared, had no idea, and walked away from that game. And I just knew. I already had my hotel in L.A., but I knew that we were going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just was like the identity and everything about that team was solidified. So I think they definitely got to make a big statement. We know Kirby is going to tell them, everybody thought y'all were going to go three and nine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> like, right. yeah. he's, he's great at convincing uh, things that definitely weren't true. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 for sure. They're, they cover big time. God, I hope they win by 22 points. I hope they just – Oh, crush. Me. I hope it is a dump trucking and they just seriously insert themselves back into the conversation of being smack dab in the middle of this whole thing. Cause there's a lot of downers right now and I'm all about it. So a hundred percent. I do hope my grandfather-in-law didn't hear me because he does love Kentucky and I love him. So hopefully he didn't hear me say <laughs> that. All right, Travis. Well, I like the picks this week, brother. I think you got a good shot, maybe even eight and two this week. Plus if you go eight and two, I got a good chance to go eight and two, so I'm really, really rooting for you because I need the wins, man. Well, I need Wyoming to like just. Yeah. I feel good about everything else. I need Wyoming to rock it, and as much as I hate to say it, I need Alabama to crush it as well. Yeah. So we'll be good. All right. Well, look. Tell tell everybody where they can follow you, how they can support you, all those things. Yeah, uh, TravisDenning.com. Uh, Travis Denning anywhere with a blue check mark, except for Twitter, which is now called X. I don't know. I'm <laughs> Travis underscore Denning there, but uh, Facebook, Tic Tac, whatever that thing's called, Instagram, all that good <laughs> stuff. And um, uh, definitely one more song coming out before the end of the year that I'm super pumped about. All right, brother. Well, we always enjoy spending time with you. Love talking ball with you and are fired up to see you at the Windjammer on IOP here in a couple of weeks, man. And until then, yes, go dogs. Go dogs, man. Hey, George is better now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.